Our text for the morning comes from the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. Today we begin a sermon series on this tremendous prophet of the Old Testament. So today we're in chapter 1 of Habakkuk, and I'll begin reading at the first verse. The first verse of Habakkuk says this, The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. And then, here in the text, in verse 2, Habakkuk questions God, saying, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen, or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so that the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. And then beginning in verse 5 of the first chapter, God responds to Habakkuk. Look at the nations and see. Be astonished, be astounded, for a work is being done in your days that you would not believe if you were told. For I am rousing the Chaldeans, the fierce and impetuous nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. Dread and fearsome are they, their justice and dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more menacing than wolves at dusk. Their horses charge. Their horsemen come from afar away, and they fly like an eagle swift to devour. They all come for violence. With faces pressing forward, they gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and of rulers they make sport. They laugh at every fortress and heap up earth to take it. Then they sweep by like the wind. They transgress and become guilty. Their own power is their God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Abraham Heschel is one of the greatest Jewish thinkers of the 20th century. He wrote a tremendous work on the prophets of the Old Testament. And in that work, he called the prophet Habakkuk a startled, tormented man. Habakkuk was a prophet in Jerusalem during the time of King Jehoiakim. It was a bad period in the history of the people of Judah. The land was filled with immorality and injustice. In the book of Habakkuk, three short chapters, there are six references to violence. The land was filled with violence and the people seemed to enjoy violence. People during the time when Habakkuk prophesied called evil good, and sometimes they called good evil. The land was filled with idolatry and immorality. Idolatry and immorality was not just acceptable, but it was agreeable. In Habakkuk's day, the wicked seemed to prosper and the righteous seemed to do nothing but suffer. So in this remarkable little book of three chapters, at this point, Habakkuk begins two chapters of dialogue with God. And you heard a few moments ago in verse 2 of chapter 1 that Habakkuk begins his dialogue with God saying, O Lord, 
how long? And then there are two chapters where Habakkuk throws questions at God and God responds. Two chapters of honest dialogue. The prophet Habakkuk was not hesitant to go to God with hard questions, to go to God and even share lament or anguish. Habakkuk did not get all of his questions answered, but God spoke and Habakkuk learned enough to trust. Spoiler alert. If you go to the end of the book, after chapters 1 and 2 of dialogue, chapter 3 is a tremendous hymn of praise to God. And at the end of chapter 3, the end of the book of Habakkuk, we find one of the greatest hymns of trust recorded in the scriptures. In Habakkuk 3.17, Habakkuk concludes this book with these words. Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. So three simple chapters, two chapters of dialogue as Habakkuk boldly throws hard questions at God and God responds. And then the third chapter is where we find a certain degree of resolution because Habakkuk does not get all of his questions answered, but he hears enough from God to trust when the dialogue is occurring in chapters 1 and 2 and Habakkuk is boldly throwing questions at God, we see an interesting dialogue. Here was Habakkuk saying, How long would the righteous suffer in the land of Judah? And how long will the unjust go unpunished? So God responds. And God says that he is indeed opposed to evil. He is indeed opposed to violence. He is indeed opposed to injustice. And God says to Habakkuk, he will do something about it by allowing the Chaldeans, allowing the Babylonians to come against the people of Judah, the city of Jerusalem, and to devastate their land. Well, that was not the answer that Habakkuk was hoping for. Habakkuk came back to God and said, God, how can you take a more wicked people to chasten the wicked people of Jerusalem? So Habakkuk struggles and asks the hard questions of God and eventually gets to the place where he can trust better. I'm so glad, grateful, that we'll have three Sundays to study this wonderful prophecy of Habakkuk. I'd like to leave you with three things this morning, reflections from the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk teaches us that it is important to be 
honest with God. Habakkuk was very honest with God. He was very bold. He was not afraid to share his anger and lament toward God. So Habakkuk teaches us that it is beyond okay to be honest with God. Habakkuk had a bold faith that was not afraid to question. A bold faith that was in such a relationship with God that it was not allowed, it was not afraid to allow doubts to come before God. There is an important place in faith for doubt and questioning and even skepticism at times. And it's in those moments, in those places that we can develop a deeper relationship with God. Habakkuk was not afraid to struggle with God. Perhaps you remember from the story of Jacob that the very title of the people, Israel, can be translated, he or she who wrestles with God. Habakkuk was not afraid to wrestle with God. I think it's important that we learn that. I know for me, my prayer life was revolutionized many years ago when I finally realized that God did not want me to pray prayers that I thought were only prayers that God wanted to hear. God wanted me to be honest and conversational in my prayers because prayer is a dialogue between the believer and God and the relationship should be deep enough and rich enough and vibrant enough that we can share questions, doubts, fears, even anger with God. We see that done frequently throughout the Bible. In the book of Psalms, there are many Psalms that you can use to express your anger at God and say, why? Why is this going on? Why is life so difficult? Why do the righteous suffer and the wicked, or the righteous prosper and the wicked suffer? It is important that we learn to be honest with God. I am grateful that Habakkuk is giving us this example. About 30 years ago, I served for a year as a hospital chaplain, and I saw people, families, going through tremendous trials. One of the things that I saw as part of my ministry was to help those people express their anger, their fears, their doubts, their worries, to God. And I'd oftentimes give them particular psalms that they could use to be honest with God and to share those emotions with God. I'm so glad that Habakkuk teaches us that we should be honest with God. And he shows us how to do that in this little book. Secondly, the prophet Habakkuk reminds us that there is much that is mysterious about God. I'm sure Habakkuk could not comprehend, understand, or appreciate why God was going to use the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, as God's instrument to correct the people of Judah because the Babylonians were far, far more wicked. They were pagan. They knew nothing about the true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were a people of violence, 
They were people of empire. They were people who lived to oppress other people. But God says that God will use these Babylonians to do a work there in Judah. Or I guess I should say God will allow the Babylonians to do what the Babylonians want to do to the people of Judah. And God would use that, even evil, those desperate moments for God's good purpose. So Habakkuk reminds us that there is much that is mysterious about God. There's much that we don't understand. And that is important. If, if your God does not have a degree of mysteriousness, a degree of mystery, I want to submit to you that your God may perhaps be too small. Habakkuk reminds us that there is some mystery to the will and the way of God. One of the texts of the Bible that I have gone to frequently in the midst of my own confusion is Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 where God is saying to the people through the prophet Isaiah this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There is a mystery to God. God has revealed himself to us in the scriptures, so we know all that we need to know about God. We know enough about God to trust God. We know enough about God in order to give our very lives to this God that's revealed to us in Scripture. But even after we know all that we know, there's still a mystery to God. Habakkuk encountered this mystery here when he was having this prayer dialogue with God. And he reminds us that there is a mystery to God. Lastly, I would like to leave this reflection with you. Habakkuk teaches us that when trials come, we should run toward God, not run away from God. What we see here in the book of Habakkuk is Habakkuk running to God. Running to God to ask the hard questions, to express the anger and frustration and hurt, to share his doubts and his skepticism about how God was working in the world. So even in the midst of Habakkuk's frustrated trial, Habakkuk ran toward God. Habakkuk did not run away from God. And I know that some people, almost by nature, when they're in the midst of suffering and trials, will run toward God, seeking the face of God. But I also know that there are people that when suffering trials come, their first inclination is to run away from God. You know, when we run away from God in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our questions and our doubts, it is rather like sawing off the limb of the tree upon which we're sitting. It may be hard at times to run toward God and to wrestle with the mysterious will of God, 
but it's much, much harder to run in the other direction. Here in Habakkuk, we are taught that we run toward God in the hard times. Friends, if you are in a trial today, I encourage you to rush toward God. Rush toward God and have that honest dialogue. I hope, friends, that you know God well enough and deep enough that you can be honest with God. You can take your questions, your doubts, your fears, your frustration, and your anger to God. And God will receive that and God will work in your life because of the strength of that relationship. Take your concerns to God. You may not, you will not get all of your questions answered, but you will receive enough. You will receive enough to trust God. That's my promise to you this morning. You will perhaps receive a fresh taste of the presence of God. You may receive a fresh vision as to who God is. And the thing that we need most when we're in the midst of a really difficult spot in life is not just a means of exit, but a fresh experience of the presence of God, a fresh experience, a fresh revelation as to who God is. May I pray with you? God, for this time that we have shared, we give you thanks. We thank you, God, for the ways that you're working in our lives. I pray that everyone listening to my voice has that relationship with you through Jesus Christ because it is the power and the depth of that relationship that gets us through the difficult times of life. In the redeeming name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.